morning, Texas. Welcome to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. I'm Wyatt Wright, and on this show we talk about our rights and the laws that govern us. Rights you've heard about and care about and would certainly miss if they were gone. I've spent half a lifetime watching government go from trying to do what's right and failing to, well, trying to do what's wrong and succeeding. Each year, more and more personal rights are erased from the books while Americans stand idly by. Listen, it's not because we don't care. Of course we care, but we're busy enough just keeping our lives going, raising our kids, feeding our families. The whole time, the metaphorical water temperature is rising all around us, like that frog that gets boiled without ever even knowing it. Well, on this show, we discuss legal issues that affect you and me, the people of Texas. We take a hard look at the laws that affect your freedom your ability to access the courts, to vote, to speak freely, or in short, to live the American dream. Stick around. Today we'll be joined by attorney Trevor Taylor. We're reaching out to Austin, Texas. He's a lawyer that represents Texans who are mistreated by their insurance companies. It's time to jump in and get wet. You'll be happy to know, ladies and gentlemen, you'll be happy to know that the Texas Supreme Court is hard at work once again, protecting the poor and defenseless mega insurance companies from the dangers of hardworking Texans. What now? Well, just stick around and find out. Let's begin with this concept. Let me ask, you know, what is a fiduciary relationship? It's an important concept in the law. A fiduciary relationship is one that exists between people when one is placed in a position of trust as to the other. It indicates the highest, highest moral and ethical behavior by the person acting as a fiduciary. For instance, lawyers, accountants, stockbrokers, executors, guardians, trustees, and yes, even insurance companies are all fiduciaries for their clients. They must treat them with the utmost care and with the utmost honesty. That means that this burden is theirs to bear if you're in one of these roles as a fiduciary. Now, being a fiduciary requires that the person act in good conscience and good faith, and good faith toward the interests of the other person. And here's something specific. Specifically, the law requires that a fiduciary may not, may not exert pressure on the other person, take selfish advantage of the other person, exercise business shrewdness against the other person, or engage in hard bargaining with the other person. This is 200 years of law in America. Now, keep those things in mind, because we're going to talk about them later. The Texas Supreme Court has issued a ruling, ladies and gentlemen, that has set the stage for some of the most ruthless behavior by an insurance company ever imagined. And here's the kicker. It's against their own policyholders. Billion-dollar insurance companies have never been truly worried by any policyholder's claim, but we have laws that are designed to force insurance companies to act fairly. I mean, isn't that what we want? And where claims are concerned, we want them to act fairly. And that means that they're required to act as a fiduciary is required to act. Now, many of you listening today have purchased what is known as uninsured or underinsured motorist protection coverage as part of your automobile insurance Good thinking. Good thinking. This is coverage that is supposed to protect you if you are injured by a negligent driver who is either completely uninsured or doesn't have enough insurance. It is your insurance 
that you pay for. Okay? You pay for underinsured motorist coverage. And any insurance that you pay for is supposed to treat you in a fiduciary capacity. They have to be fair, honorable, not self-dealing. Well, let me restate that. They used to have to be fair, honorable, and refrain from self-dealing. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. On this show, we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights. Let's get back to it. Texas insurance laws, as passed by the legislature, make it clear that insurance companies have to act fairly. For example, the law says insurers can't act deceptively. They can't lie to their policyholders. They can't misrepresent the product being sold. They have to open claims and respond to policyholders quickly. They have to promptly investigate claims and evaluate those damages. They have to apply reasonable standards to the way they investigate claims. And they have to pay claims within certain short time limits. Is there anything wrong with the list I just mentioned? No. That's how any honorable person would would run their business. And that is the state of Texas law when it comes to insurance companies. That's what the legislature says insurance companies need to do. It makes sense. I mean, we don't really need laws to tell us that any other type of conduct would be wrong. Any kindergartner can tell us that. But apparently we need these laws to force insurance companies to follow them. Because before these laws existed, well, some companies tended to ignore their fiduciary duties. And that resulted in Texans being taken advantage of. So the legislature said, we're not going to have that. And they passed laws like the ones we just talked about. Now, if you enter into a contract, any contract, whether you're buying a house, buying a car, anything, you expect the other side to honor their deal. An insurance policy is just a contract. The insurer expects you to make premiums, right? And in return, you expect the insurer to provide benefits when needed. So when the insurance company decided to ignore your claim or to pay full value, and they refused to pay full value, or did any of the other things prohibited by law, Texans had a remedy. Ladies and gentlemen, there was a remedy. That's what the law was for. So insurance companies that broke the law faced the possibility of paying treble damages, up to 18% interest, and being forced to pay the policyholder's attorney's fees. I mean, that isn't such a big stick, right? But it's a good start. It keeps people honest, and it placed Texans in being in the position of being able to force insurance companies to act fairly. But don't worry. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, because seven, seven incredibly fair-minded justices on our Texas Supreme Court weren't going to let that travesty of fairness continue. Luckily, they were able to jump right in before the whole acting fair business got out of hand. Who does the legislature think they are anyway? Passing laws, forcing poor insurance companies to act honestly. My goodness. So the Texas Supreme Court responded with an opinion called Brainerd versus Trinity Universal Insurance Company. Now, in the Brainerd case, not only did the Texas Supreme Court say that it was okay for insurance companies to, well, avoid their contractual obligations when it came to underinsured and uninsured motorists, that is, but they actually created an incentive for these insurers to deny all future claims. Yeah, you heard me right. They created an incentive to deny claims. You see, before Brainerd, insurers had deadlines to pay claims that were based on when the claim was made. 
So a person files a claim, the deadlines start ticking. But in Brainerd, the high court announced that no deadlines start. They don't start at all against insurers until after the policyholder first sues and obtains a judgment against the driver who didn't have enough insurance in the first place. Are you kidding me, Wyatt? No, I'm not kidding. That's what they said. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. On this program, we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights. Back to the opinion. The Brainerd opinion by the Texas Supreme Court gives insurers a strong incentive to deny claims in the uninsured motorist context since the policyholders are no longer able to recover their attorney's fees. So if they have to sue the insurer, there's no stick. So here's the point, ladies and gentlemen, the boiled down point. Even if a policyholder can afford to hire a lawyer to sue the insurance company and he or she wins, the insurance company will still pay no more, no more than if it had paid the claim when originally filed. And this is sometimes years later. So is it fair to deny a policyholder his rights under the contract? No. Is it fair to hope he'll just go away? Heck no. Is it honorable? No. Is it ethical? No. Is that acting as a fiduciary is supposed to act? Absolutely not. But is it legal? Yes, it is, says the Texas Supreme Court. In fact, it's encouraged. The practical result of the Brainerd case, ladies and gentlemen, is that insurance companies are far less likely to pay valid claims because the Supreme Court has taken away all the accountability for failing to do so. Coming up, we'll dive into the mailbag to see what you have to say to me, so stick around for that. Don't you just love it? Don't you just love it, ladies and gentlemen, when the legislature passes a law to help Texans only to have the Texas Supreme Court swoop in, throw out the law, and protect big corporations like insurance companies? Look, I'm not opposed to insurance companies. I think they're marvelous. I want them to be around. I just want them to act fairly. And I want folks to be able to have redress in that situation. What's wrong with that? The type of opinion that we have here is one that is designed to suit a predetermined agenda. That is to protect the big and powerful corporations from the scary little guy in Texas. Now, don't forget our own governor, Rick Perry, has made it clear that he's opposed to activist judges who don't follow the law, but make it up instead. So I think he must be very furious at the Supreme Court over this ruling. I mean, this isn't right, Texas. Do we really want courts that interpret our laws as only benefiting the rich and powerful corporations while leaving the common man swinging in the wind? Well, let's move on. Time to reach into the mailbag, see what people have to say to me. As always, if you have something to say, send it to me at speakup at wyattwrightshow.com. Speakup at wyattwrightshow.com. Today we have an email from Cindy who writes, When will the country realize that electing people to office is not about politics, it is about issues? Wow, how right you are, Cindy. Look, people have asked me, oh, Wyatt, what are you? Are you a Democrat or you're I'm neither. I'm not a Democrat. I'm, not, I'm a human being. I'm a human being who would like to see our elected officials doing right by other human beings, and I'm glad to hear from you, Cindy. Also, Sal writes, learned plenty listening to your show. 
As long as your topics continue to be for the little guy, I will continue to listen. Kudos on the topic on how the Texas Supreme Court favors big corporations. It shows in the workers' comp injustice cases. All right. Thanks, Sal. Uh, we'll keep it up. That's, uh, that's my promise. We'll see what we can do. Reminder, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. This program, we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights. We've got a guest today. His name is Trevor Taylor. He's an Austin-based attorney representing injured people. He's on the board of directors of the Texas Trial Lawyers Association, and he's the past president of the Capital Area Trial Lawyers Association. Mr. Taylor is a member of the Lockridge Inns of Court and is a fellow of the Texas Bar Foundation. He's a frequent speaker on trial topics and has even testified before the Texas legislature on the need for a law to overrule the Brainerd decision. Trevor, thank you for joining us today on the Wyatt Wright Show. Well, thanks for ha- thanks for having me, Wyatt. Yeah, you bet. You know, this is we've mentioned the Texas Supreme Court's opinion in the, in the Brainerd versus Trinity Universal case, and we've been talking about it a little bit. But that case was certainly a turning point for how uninsured and underinsured motorist insurance companies treated their policyholders. If you don't mind, would you begin by telling us a little bit about why you feel this particular case resulted in an unfair change in the law? Well, sure, Wyatt. Um... My, my fundamental view about it is it treats underinsured motorist claims different from any other insurance claim in Texas. Uh, if if you go out and you have homeowner's coverage on your house and a tree limb falls on your house, uh, you go out, you tell your insurance company, you get the tree limb hauled off, you call the builder, you ask him how much it costs to fix up my house, uh, and you send that claim to the insurance company. Now, the insurance company... Uh, can either pay your claim if they have some view that, well, they think you're at fault for doing it or you shouldn't sure. have been up on a limb, saw on a limb. And they take some view that, that you caused uh, the damage. Well, they can fight that in court. But if they take a frivolous position and don't take and don't pay your claim, there's a consequence for the insurance company not paying your homeowner's claim. Right. If you have to take it to court, you have to hire an attorney, the insurance company knows in your homeowner's claim situation that they're not just going to have to pay the cost to fix your house, but they're going to have to pay for your lawyer. Right, and that's a big big incentive, isn't it? That's right, that's right. Yeah. Every, virtually every other insurance policy in the state of Texas for which there's coverage, you submit a claim, and the insurance company makes that, that, that choice. They decide either to pay your claim, but they know if they take a frivolous position, they sure. don't pay your claim, they're going to wind up paying your attorney fee. And what you're telling us here is that, look, we're, whether or not the decision is a good one, one thing that is abundantly clear is that we're carving out one particular type of insurance and treating it different from all of the insurance other insurance protection laws that we have. Did I get that right? That, that's completely right. Yeah. You know, there's a consequence for the insurance company and every other claim. That homeowner claim I mentioned, there's mm-hmm. a consequence. If they get it wrong, they're paying my attorney's fee sure. uh, in addition to my claim. Underinsured motorist claims are the only claims I can think of uh, that don't have that consequence for the insurance company. And so when there is no consequence to bad behavior, I think sure. you're going to see a lot more of it. Well, you're right, and that's something we've talked about quite a bit on this show, and that's this concept of accountability. If you take away accountability, well, you're just left with no way to enforce the the proper behavior. Now, let me look at it this way. How does this requirement work that forces a person to sue and get a judgment before the insurance carrier is required to even acknowledge a claim? What what does that mean practically? Right. 
Well, you know, and I appreciate at the beginning of the show you explaining underinsured motorist coverage, UM motorist coverage. I tell all my clients uh, to go out and get it. That's, you know, especially in this economy with more and more people right. uh, out of work and, and uh, more and more people driving around without insurance coverage. That's a very important coverage to have. But what you're not seeing, what your insurance company should tell you is for this UM, this underinsured, underinsured or uninsured motorist coverage, you're not just going to have to pay a premium. You might have to pay a lawyer. Uh, and yeah. I, I suspect most insurance agents, when they're selling this coverage, aren't telling their folks that. Yeah, they're not telling them that. And so now what, what we're left with is a situation uh, where the Supreme Court says, look, if you want to be able to hold the underinsured carrier accountable, go out first, sue the defendant in the other case, and obtain a judgment. Now, what if I've already settled with the other defendant? I mean, isn't this isn't this really requiring a waste of judicial resources? I, I think it really is. You know, and the, and the strange part is, the other defendant, uh, oftentimes, they don't want to fight. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to want to tender the, the limits of liability. They don't want to have a trial. They know they're at fault. Sure. They've tendered whatever uh, the amount of their policy is. They don't want a judgment. That's the whole, that's the whole point. So uh, it, it has, the, the opinion has created some confusion in figuring out exactly, and it's confusion that we lawyers have, in figuring out just what kind of coverage or what kind of uh, judgment do we need. Uh, you know, oftentimes, like I said, the, the, the at-fault driver, his insurance company knows he's at fault. They don't want to fight anymore. Uh, sure. there, there were some older Supreme Court cases that say you just can't, you can't even get an agreement from the guy who's at fault uh, uh, to act as a judgment. He might say, well, yeah, I did it. I'm at fault. Uh, I agree to that. Sure. Fall That's on the still sword. not good enough. Still not good enough. It's still not good enough. So uh, I think you're, you're right. It's created this perverse effect where, you know, one incentive of judicial economy is, you know, we create rules that reduce uh, the need to tie up court time. I think this opinion is right. going to have the effect of tying up more court well, time. Well, you're right, and and this is all at a time when people are screaming there are too many lawsuits. I mean, let's think about this. Uh, you know, as a, as, a, as a trial lawyer, I don't believe that at all. I believe only meritorious claims make it to the jury. But the bottom line is if I'm being forced to file a suit that otherwise doesn't have any merit, I'm only doing it because the Supreme Court says that's what I need to do to exercise my client's rights. It seems a little odd to me. Now, if people can't pay their bills, Trevor, and they're devastated because of of this car wreck and the insurance company sits around and they get to take their sweet time. This is what's really bothering me because they have the luxury of time, but the client doesn't. Am I missing something? Cause this doesn't seem right. Well, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And you know, I've, I've found and I'm sure you've found that, you know, an extra 10 or $20,000 mean a lot more to the people that I'm trying to help than it does to some insurance company in New York City. So, yeah. uh, you know, that, you know, 10 or $20,000 to a lot of these people making decisions at insurance companies uh, uh, may seem like small change, but to people trying to, to make ends meet, that's, it's a a big big, deal. that's a big amount of money. Boy, you're right, and it's not just the money, it's the amount of time sitting around waiting because the, the timing of when folks get that money can oftentimes mean the difference between whether or not they have a roof over their head or not. Sure. You know, well, you know, and one yeah. other thing is, is insurance claims ought to be set up, insurance rules ought to be set mm. up so they don't, really don't need you and I, you or I. I mean, if That's the insurance true. companies behave appropriately, they wouldn't need you or I. You I ought agree. to be, we ought to have sets of rules that create situations where there are incentives for the insurance companies to pay without ever, without lawyers needing to get involved. That's true. It seems to me that the Brainerd decision goes in the exact opposite direction. Yeah, and it's requiring no that lawsuit. 
uh, no incentive for that, uh, them to settle their claims early, and they can point to that language that says we don't have to do anything until there's a judgment triggered. Well, how do you get that? Yeah. I mean, mostly people are going to be put in a position where they have to have to get a lawyer. I agree with you. Now, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. On this program, we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of all of our American rights. Now, we're speaking with Attorney Trevor Taylor out of Austin, Texas, speaking about a case out of the Texas Supreme Court called Brainerd. And uh, now, now, Trevor, in my law practice, here's what I'm seeing become commonplace. If there's no question that a person's injuries, let's make it up, they exceed $200,000. But the adverse driver, let's say, has a $30,000 policy. They want to pay it right away because, as you say, they know they're at fault. They want to move on down the road. Uh, my client has $30,000 in underinsured coverage. Now, that falls far short of the $200,000 that, that the guy has in injuries. So there's no question that they deserve it. But what I'm seeing and what I want to ask you, what I'm seeing is the carrier saying, look, tough luck. Uh, we're not paying a dime until you sue the defendant and get a get a judgment. And when I ask him now, but that isn't right. They say, we don't care. The, the Supreme Court said we can do it. Are you seeing this too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm seeing exactly that sort of thing. And, you know, one of the things you could do for, for, uh, for your clients before was say, you know, make a reasonable settlement offer early in the case. Right, right. And you tell the insurance company, look, uh, if, if you delay two more months, I'm going to have two more months worth of attorney's fees. That's true. So, you need to take care of this thing now so my client can minimize her attorney's fees and get what she deserves and get on down the road. Now that incentive has gone completely. You can't hold that over an insurance company's head. So they don't care if they pay you. You know, there's there's no incentive for them to pay you on month one right. when they can pay you 24 months later. Of course. The same amount of money. Same amount of money without the interest right. and without and any of the headache. They make our clients eat yeah. the attorney's fees. The attorney fee would come out of whatever the insurance company pays mm-hmm. in, in terms of the, the limit of liability and not, not as an additional element of damage that used to get on top of whatever the claim was. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, one of the things that we've talked about before, too, uh, on this show is this whole concept that uh, it's difficult for corporations to have a conscience. I mean, the the, the way that the, the world is now, uh, executives and CEOs are being forced to maximize profits and maximize profits and continue to do that. So we're in a position where you can't even have those moral discussions with an insurance adjuster about, hey, this isn't the way to run a business. This isn't right. They're following marching orders. You seeing the same thing? I, I am. I am. And, you know, if, if the laws are, you know, the protection we get from the laws is setting up a set of incentives to get people to behave right. I, you know, in a perfect world, they say, I guess we wouldn't need any laws. But, right. uh, you know, everyone follows the dictates of their own conscience. But, but the laws are there to protect people and to, to force right. uh, good behavior even, even, even when they might not be inclined to behave that way. Now, let me ask you this, because I, I know you testified before the Texas legislature how, on this topic. How did that testimony go? I mean, were the lawmakers receptive? They were, you know, and, and I've testified twice before the legislature on this on this issue, and uh, it's a, it's a pretty uh, friendly panel that the uh, the the uh, uh, legislature that carried the bill uh, the second time at least was the chairman of the the insurance committee, and uh, uh, he was for. Uh, he saw the problems and the inequities in the system, uh, and, uh, was, uh, strongly for it, obviously. Right, I, right. I think even, you know, you and I have been before courts and, uh, uh, juries that appear hostile, and y- you know what hostile questioning's like. Uh, I didn't sense any hostility at all. Well, good. Because I think everyone knows it's wrong. Uh, I think they know in their heart of hearts that it's wrong. Well, maybe, uh, we'll, maybe we'll get some action in the, in the next legislative session. 
Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the only reason it, it never got out of committee either sure. time, and I think, you know, I think it's probably a tribute to the, the insurance lobby in this state still awfully strong. It certainly is. Now, listen, at the beginning of today's show, I pointed out the, that the law of fiduciaries requires the fiduciary to act in good conscience and good faith, and I also pointed out four things prohibited of a fiduciary. Now, as we're getting close to the end of the show, I want to cover these things because I want to go through these and ask you if these prohibitions are being broken across the board now as a result of Brainerd. So a fiduciary may not exert pressure on the other person. Are they exerting pressure uh, on our clients? I think they are. Uh, and that says that they may not take advantage of the other person for their own selfish reasons and that they can't exercise business shrewdness against the other person. And finally, that they can't engage in hard bargaining with the other person. Trevor Taylor, tell us, are the insurance companies following the rules of fiduciaries after the Brainerd decision? I don't think so, and I, I, I think they're using uh, some of the logic of the opinion to, to uh, support uh, their position. I think uh, I'm, I'm seeing that absolutely. The hard bargaining uh, aspect of it is, like we said, you know, why pay month 21 when I can pay month 24? Uh, and the answer is because there's really no bad consequence in the law for them not. Uh, uh, you know, and a fiduciary ought to. Uh, ought to be paying promptly and ought to put their interests, uh, your interests ahead of theirs. Uh, and it's, it's clear to me, I, I think the way they're behaving and treating these claims is, uh, uh, the interest of the insured, uh, isn't coming first. Yeah. And, you know, that's the real unfortunate thing because, uh, there was a time in our, in our country's history when we didn't have to have a whole lot of laws, at least in the, in the context of telling people how to treat other people. Uh, but, but as businesses evolved and corporations grew, we certainly st- started seeing that. I, I want to say to you, uh, thank you very much for all your work up there in Austin. Thanks for fighting for the people who need it, but, but also thank you for testifying in front of the legislature, Trevor. That was a good thing. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Wyatt. Thank, for, thank you for all you're doing here. You're very welcome. Listen, Trevor Taylor, ladies and gentlemen, is an Austin-based attorney representing injured people. He's a past president of the Capital Area Trial Lawyers Association and is a fellow of the Texas Bar Foundation. He's a frequent speaker on trial topics and has even testified before the Texas legislature on the need for a law to overrule the Brainerd decision. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Without protective laws in place, we're just allowing insurance companies to revert naturally to immoral behavior. I've said it before, but it's important to say again, this isn't about political parties. We've had honest and impartial Supreme Courts in Texas, both Republican and Democrat. Instead, this is an organized agenda to bend the pendulum of justice so far to one side that powerful corporations get to walk all over Texans for generations to come. Don't let it happen. We're going to have to wrap this show up. But as you go through your week, remember that it was Justice Learned Hand who so famously said, if we're to keep our democracy, there must be one commandment. Thou shalt not ration justice. Have a good day, everybody. Come visit us online at Facebook or online at WyattWrightShow.com. Talk to you next week right here on Justice for All, The Wyatt Wright Show. Fight!